Welcome to the Sell or Die podcast. I'm your host, Jeffrey Gitterer. Well, in this podcast, we're going to help you attract more qualified, unbelievable, ready-to-buy clients. And the one thing you're hoping for blows more deals. It's time to sell or die. Die Hard, I want you to listen very carefully today because we have a guest named Monty Wyatt, and Monty is going to talk about what is a coach and how does a coach help you win? I want you to think back to when you were a little kid and you were playing soccer or you were playing t-ball or you were playing some kind of sport and a coach guided you to a victory that you could not have had on your own. They had the discipline, they had the ideas, they had the knowledge, they had the wisdom. And then all of a sudden you graduate from college and you get your business card printed and you think you don't need a coach like a fool. I have a coach. Actually, I have a couple. And the reason I have them is because I'm looking for other wisdom than mine. The guest we have on today is acknowledged as one of the best coaches in the world. Not in the United States, in the world. Please help me welcome the great Monty Wyatt. Thank you, Jeffrey. It's an honor to be on your show. It's a pleasure. How was that for an intro, though, Monty? I mean, that I, feel, I felt like I went not overboard, but I described you perfectly. I love it. Yes, thank you. You used to be in the in the system of action coach, correct? Correct. And what number coach were you out of their 1,500 coaches? Where did you end up? Number? No, I was number one in North America. Ah, number one. And how'd you get that? Just luck into it, back into it? What was the deal there? Working my tail off. Aha! Working my tail off and adding value to my clients for years. Cool. So let's talk about why people either buy a coach or don't buy a coach in a business. What, what do you, when you talk to people, why, why did they take you in? They take me in because they want something to be different in their in their own behavior or in their organization. When I work with clients, I, I work with individuals, but I also help the organization grow. And so it, it's about people and it's about the organization. So they've got to be willing and wanting uh, to change something in themselves or their organization, but they also have to be willing to have a third party help them, somebody outside their business. And, and that's often the critical thing. People want things to change, but they're not willing to have an outsider come in. Well, you don't know my business. You don't know this. And that's exactly why I should help you because I don't know your business and I know how to help people change the way they behave, change the way they're managing their business, leading their business. And so that it, it takes, it takes a different viewpoint to go to the next level. I think that it's important to understand as a diehard, maybe you own a business, maybe you're just a, uh, maybe, I don't want to say just, I apologize. Maybe you're an, a very successful salesperson, but Monty has a bunch of clients with burnt feet because he holds their feet to the fire. And that will, that creates an atmosphere where they are um, not just accountable to Monty, but responsible for themselves. And I think that's an important part of this process. And Monty shows people opportunities where they can improve. He said they want to do something different. I would add to that, that they want to do something different and more successful than they're doing right now. That that's fair to say, Monty? Absolutely. They, they want more out of their business. They want more out of themselves, whatever more looks like. Yeah, because sometimes it's more money. Sometimes it's more people that are better than the ones. Sometimes they have to trade people in. And sometimes, sometimes it's just uh, more companionship or uh, a better atmosphere inside the business, more camaraderie. 
And in today's disjointed, I work at home world, that's even more difficult. I mean, there's, where's the, where did the culture go? Yeah, that, that's a big gap today is, is the people interaction. And everybody wants the flexibility, but they're, they're missing out on working as a team and building trust and rapport with each other. And I think that's, that's the challenge of a lot of organizations today, trying to figure out, do we bring people in? Do we, do we do a combination of work at home and work in the office? And, and that, that, that teamwork is a big thing. I think it's huge. And I think it's a missing factor. Um, even in my own business, you know, my, everybody wa wants to work from home and they're capable of it, but it's not what I want as an outcome. I want more. I, I don't necessarily want more income. I want better outcomes because those outcomes lead to more income. Absolutely. Okay. So why do, why, so people reject you because they don't get the fact that they can have a harmonious outcome, correct? They're all worried about who's going to lose or who's going to, what what bad's going to happen. They, they think it's a, a view that they are weak. They think it's a view of having a coach that uh, there's something wrong with me. And actually ah. it's the opposite. The best business people in the world have coaches, have confidants, have people challenging them and helping them see different perspectives. That is so interesting. So they have a limited self-image or they have a low self-esteem and they're going to go, I don't need a coach because if I have that, someone's going to think I'm I'm crappy. When in fact, it shows their strength. That's incredible. Absolutely. People think about that, Diar. Think about what are you doing? Who's your coach? And if you don't have one, why do you not have one? And you think some people are, are going to think you're weak? Listen, I have a therapist. Does that mean I'm nuts? No, it means I'm smart enough to want to sit down and talk to somebody on a weekly basis. Now, I haven't been doing it for a long time, just about 25 years. But I'm going to, you know, I love my therapist. I, I greatest guy in the world because I get to sit down and shoot the shit with him. And then he renders his knowledge to me. He'll say, well, why, why are you doing it that way? Have you ever thought about this? I'm like, no, I actually haven't. And it always turns out better. It always turns out better. And what's your track record, Monty? You've been coaching all week. How long have you been doing this? I'm, I'm into my 20th year. Oh my God. So 20 years of helping people. Has anyone been successful? Uh, there's been a lot of examples of success. Throw me a couple. You know, it's 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 fun to talk about them, but I, I, I talk about the organization first because the organization changes because the people change. Mm -hmm. And I, I've got a client that has 80 retail locations and they originally hired me because they had some customer service issues they wanted help with. And they've now been with me six years and we've addressed so much more than customer service. We've addressed sure. culture. We've addressed people. We've changed a lot of people in their organization. And that's that's one of the things that I, I state when I first meet someone is that you will have people leave your organization because of the changes that you are making. And you will ask people to leave because of the changes that you're making. And that is the power of changing an organization is you've got to be willing to do things differently. Now, Monty, as a coach, talks about how to change things differently. I, as a writer of positive mental attitude, I don't look at it as change. Rather, I look at it as opportunity. And how do you take advantage of that opportunity? And I'm sure Monty looks at it the same way, but his language, in order to be able to talk to that CEO, the language may have to be in terms of that CEO. I don't want to walk in and talk about opportunity to a CEO that wants change because he may not recognize them as the same thing. Correct? Absolutely correct. And they, and a lot of them do. They, my, my people need to change. My, my team needs to change. I need to change. The business needs to be different than what it is today. And so you're exactly right, using their language. 
I would look at it as the business needs to take advantage of its opportunities that it's not taking advantage of right now. But either way, the goal is to be able to have a coach where there is a successful outcome. And that's a that's a big, in other words, what are they going to do after the change takes place? What are they going to do after they change their habits? What are they going to do after they achieve this project or achieve this goal? What will the business look like after that happens? Not just the individual, but the business as a whole. That's fair to say, correct? Yes. You know, I, I've got some clients that have been with me 10 and 12 years. Mm-hmm. And my average client has been with me about seven years. Wow. And the reason I share that is because we get to a one level and then we go to the next level. There's always another level to go to. And the leader of a business is the ceiling of the organization. Their belief system, their language, their knowledge, their beliefs, their future, their desires, they are the ceiling of the business. And so every time we hit one benchmark, we find what the next benchmark is and set the next goal. I love benchmarks because they're measurable. And as a coach, I'm sure you want to measure what their results are. First of all, so the company feels great. Second of all, so you can keep your job. Absolutely. I mean, measurement is everything in your world, correct? Absolutely. There's You, you, you measure everything. Everything can be measured if you want to see it improve. I don't want my weight measured. Because every <laughs> once in a while, I, get, I gain a pound and it pisses me off. Well, how can I possibly weigh 200 pounds? I Um, But everyone seems like everyone blames their added weight to the pandemic. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's pandemic weight. I swear to God, I could take this off if I wanted to, but but right now I can't. So I'm trying something now. And you may want to look at this diehard for yourself because you're probably pretty much overweight as well. I'm doing intermittent, intermediate fasting. So I don't start eating until noon. And then I only eat up until six o'clock. And that gives me a huge time to burn whatever and do whatever. I don't know how it works because I'm not a medical person or a diet person, but I'm telling you I'm down five right now and I'm going to go down 15 just because I don't eat until noontime. Yep. Just because I don't eat after six o'clock at night. Think about that. So I'm I'm allowed to eat for whatever it is, eight hours, 12, one, two, three, four, five, six. I can eat for six hours. That's it. And that doesn't require a huge self-discipline until you need a Milky Way. <laughs> Everyone at some point needs a Milky Way. I'm just throwing it out there for consumption. No pun intended. <laughs> so, Monty, are you looking at new strategies because of the economy and because of things that are happening in the workplace, especially the, the disjointed workplace? Should I be there or should I be home? What, what are you doing for 2024? You know, a lot of what I'm doing is is really challenging my clients and my prospects to ensure that their team is aligned. And when I say aligned, that means the executive team are arm in arm, how they're addressing the market, how they're leading the organization, what they communicate. And so many businesses, they're acting in silos and they don't communicate well. They're not aligned. They're after different things. And that is a big, big topic that I'm really stressing is you have to have your executive team arm in arm and aligned for where you're going, how you're going to get there, and how we're leading the business. And without that alignment, you have confrontation. You have more confrontation than normal. And that's a part of it is reducing that confrontation, but you're also reducing silos. You want people to interact. You want people to see how we're working well together. Alienation also. People don't like somebody in the other silo. So I don't like Bob or I don't like Mary. Therefore, I'm not going to communicate with them. Absolutely. You know, I, I it's always 
operations and sales are, are, are battling, you know? Really? Yeah, they, they just, they battle every now and then. Yeah. And so you, you got to get those people aligned. Yeah, there's some good, good tension that needs to be there. So you challenge each other on success and fulfillment, but you've got to make sure that you're still aligned on what we're working towards. Okay, so there's a phrase in business that I can't stand. It is, there's several phrases in business, but let's, one of them is at the end of the day. I can't stand that statement whatsoever. But your coaching practice is all about at the end of the day. Right. What are people doing after that thing happens, that thing of alignment, that thing of taking away a silo, that thing of, of creating new ideas or a project that everybody's working on? And at the end of the day, so I have created a word for that that I think will work. The, my word is outcome. What's the outcome of this project or of this elimination or of this new move, of this taking advantage of this opportunity? What's the outcome expected to be? And then what is the actual measured outcome? Do you have a strategy for that? You know, I, I want to go back to this retailer that has 80 locations that we've been okay. together a number of years, and they had conflict between each department. They each had their own direction. They each had their own beliefs and they were not working well together. Well, we've had some changes. We made some changes. We grew. We had some different positioning. We all got aligned. They just had, they're, they're in agriculture and they just had in their fall market the most, they, they call it an easy fall because they didn't have as much conflict as they've had in the past. They didn't have wow. as much stress. And, and I asked them, why do you think that was? And it's because we communicated more effectively. We all knew what the priorities were. We all knew how we worked together. And that makes it easy to work together so you can accomplish more. They got more done this fall than they've ever done before. And a lot of it is because of that communication and that alignment. Never ceases to amaze me that when one person tells the other person the truth, that they can get along a hell of a lot better than if one person placates the other with what they want to hear as opposed to what your real feelings are. I'm sure you've heard the expression that the truth hurts. Absolutely. But it also sets you free because you don't have to remember what you said. Yes. When you say the truth, it, it, it may piss somebody off, but in the end, some people need to be pissed off. But as a coach, your job is really to be the communicator, a mediator, peacemaker, attitude builder. I mean, those are hats that you got to wear, correct? Absolutely. I, I wear so many hats. I'm the educator. I'm the facilitator. I'm a trainer. I'm a mentor. I'm a confidant. It's... It's someone that's there to help you see things differently and bring new ideas and make sure that you are uh, acting on those ideas. Uh, Die Hard, you have to recognize that as Monty and I both wear a lot of hats, it prevents our hair from growing. And as a result of that, we tend to be challenged with our own hair in exchange for helping others grow theirs. I think that's probably the easiest thing there or easiest way to put that. But it's amazing as a coach how many hats you do have to wear. Yes. Because you see so many things and you want to help in so many ways and get people out of their own way to be able to produce more or be more that it requires you to be a mediator, a, a coach, an inspirer, a player. You know, I mean, you you got to do everything, correct? Absolutely. You know, I, I, I look at it this way is that my role is to help them in every area of their business, every area of their growth and a personal growth, organizational growth, their leadership, their, their executive skills. 
if I can't help them in every one of those areas, then I'm not helping them to the fullest of my capabilities. And they're not getting what they need to truly grow themselves and their business. I agree with that. Now, what? how long does it take to a client of yours to get to truth? Well, one of the first things that I, I, I define myself with is I help people see things that they can't see on their own. And I, I do a number of assessments. I do a number of interviews, questions. So I like to say it's almost immediate that people see things that they didn't know or that they didn't understand fully about themselves and their organization. And when you do that, you recognize this is a time for me to grow and I have to choose it. And, and I think that's a big part is, of coaching is being coached means you are choosing to change something or choosing to go to the next level or choosing to, to learn something new. I think it's pretty interesting. And you do, you know, assessments help because it gets people to see themselves. Um, you know, I have a sales assessment and, and I give it to my customers and they're blown away by their own results. Yep. I didn't know this was our, an issue. Now, all of a sudden, it creates dialogue or it creates, you know, the ability to interact and exchange thoughts and ideas to make somebody else better rather yeah. than someone being defensive about it. Oftentimes, people want to hire you for or hire a coach to address one specific thing. And when I go into that awareness phase, it's it's opening the eyes that there's more than one thing. And their one thing is normally a surface issue. It's not the underneath issue that's causing all the problems. So we've got to dig deep. There's bigger issues than just customer service or bigger issues than just what sales is or what the culture is. There's bigger issues going on within the leadership team, within the management and within the organization. So you look at the symptom and people think that's their problem. Right. In fact, the symptom is actually identifying or helping to identify what the deeper problem is. That's correct. If somebody is bad at customer service, what it means is their people have the wrong attitudes or they've been um, they've been incompetent in, in making themselves accepting of a new way. That's the hardest part, isn't it? Absolutely. And that's really the, the part where open they have to be open and willing to see things and to do things differently. When you hire a coach, that's the biggest thing that you have to do. Why coaching works is because of that desire and willingness to take action and do things differently to get the follow through. I think the challenge there, and this is a big challenge, is for you to be able to make a communication to that customer that they actually accept. Like, hey, I'm weak in this. I need strength. So I think it's easier, and this is just me, if you were coming to coach me, I would hope that you would ask me first, what are my strengths before you would ask me, what are my weaknesses? Correct? Correct. And, and there's often times where we, we do focus on the strengths. How can we maximize those strengths? And how do we help leverage your weaknesses? Maybe it's someone else. Maybe it's an assistant. Maybe it's another team member. But we've got to maximize people's strengths to get the results that we want. If we're always about changing and growing new skill sets, you're going to be successful, but you've got to make sure you're maximizing your strengths. I think that, I mean, for me as a salesperson, I have always wanted to get better at what I'm really good at. Absolutely. And in order to do that, first you have to identify what they are. That's why your assessments work, correct? Yes. Love that. I totally love that. So diehard, here's my, my parting thought to you, because this is an absolutely excellent interview and I'm going to do a couple more with, with Monty over the course of the next month or two, because we're getting into the beginning of the year. And now is the time when you need to 
take advantage of your opportunities, which some people erroneously call change. And I want to make sure that you're fully aware of what your capabilities are. And so we're talking to Monty Wyatt. He's going to be the coach of sell or die. And he's going to challenge your butt to be able to get better, whether you're a salesperson or a business owner or an entrepreneur of some kind that's already made a mark or just a, or a sales manager, a sales leader. That Those are the people that really need the coaching of Monty Wyatt. So Monty, thank you a million for being here. Uh, my people will call your people, but you can call me anytime. Happy <laughs> New Year. Merry Christmas. And thank die you, hard. Die hard. There is a Santa Claus. You take advantage of that. Thanks for listening to the show. Don't forget to like, share. Yeah, share with both your friends. And subscribe to the podcast. And remember, we have a free 22-day sales challenge. Just go to gutimer.com slash sales challenge to start you on your way.